There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I am John R. Bray. And I am Heather B. Armstrong. And today we are joined by a third voice. For those of you who listened to, I don't actually remember what episode number it was, but a few weeks back, we were talking a bit about paid family leave in the United States or lack thereof. And we're sort of continuing that broader conversation in a slightly different direction and a related direction with a new guest. And with us today is Amy Beacom who is the CEO and founder of the Center for Parental Leave Leadership. Hi, Amy. Hi, John and Heather. Thanks for having me. Lovely to have you. Yes, thank you for joining and, and continuing this conversation. I think when we released our last episode focused on this, it was a pretty, a pretty hot topic for listeners. And actually, a lot, of, a lot of our listeners not in the United States were completely dumbfounded to hear <laughs> how we treat family leave in the United States. Aghast, I imagine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people just assumed it was paid. Yeah. They didn't know that that actually existed in the modern world to not pay people for that. Well, what's even more depressing is most people in the U.S. assume it's paid until they find themselves in the situation and realize it's not. I was definitely one of those people. I assumed that FMLA was paid. And I, I fully disclosed that in our last episode, as humiliating as that is. No. But because it just seems like a, it should be. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, could, I could introduce you and give a very nutshell version, or you could introduce yourself, which is probably a better idea. So if you want to tell all of our listeners a little bit about you and a little bit about the Center for Parental Leave Leadership before we really jump in, that would be great. Sure. So my name is Amy and I, gosh, there's so many ways to answer that question though. So the Center for Parental, <laughs> the Center for Parental Leave Leadership, um, I started about four years ago, three to four years ago. Um, but really it started 11 years ago when I had my first child. And I was one of those people who thought I knew everything about it. I had been working in the field of work and family and was getting my doctorate in executive leadership and women's leadership and women's advancement and and really had focused on that work-family intersect. And then I had my first child and was completely blindsided by the experience, both at home and at work um, and at school, where I was still working on my doctorate. And, and that that set the stage. Um, I had a moment shortly after my son was born where I was crying through the night, not sleeping, not knowing how to breastfeed, not knowing how I was going to support my family as a sole breadwinner or primary breadwinner. Um, 
and got to this place where I would, I just would say to myself over and over, what can I do? So no woman is ever feeling the way I do right now. What can I do? And, and one night in the middle of the night, it was this <laughs> sort of aha. I, I have to take everything I know through my work in organizational psychology and with companies and I meet and executive coaching, which is the field I'd been in before grad school and create a new focus of executive fo- of executive coaching um, that helps support women in companies during that parental leave transition, um, or what I came to call the parental leave transition. And at the time, I was only talking about moms and women, and we've since expanded that to, to of course, include dads who were critical to this process. So CPLL came much later after I finished finished that doctorate, had a second child, had the experience of that, um, and and kept running into this this brick wall in the United States. Anytime I would bring up bring this up within companies, at the time I was living in New York, they would say, "Well, we, what do you mean? We we don't need to deal with that. Moms go out on leave, they come back, and the assumption was that they were the same people, um, and that they would just fit right back into that." that role that they had left. Um, So I ended up actually having to work in Australia before there was space in the market here in the U.S. So um, that's maybe a long manic rambling of how we started. (laughs) (laughs) That that works out. I did not realize you started in Australia. Well, it's, yeah, I, it was very interesting. I actually had taken a sabbatical after finishing my my doctorate and creating this new model um, that I was calling maternity coaching at the time. And when I during that time, I was approached by some people who have become dear, dear colleagues and friends over the years in Australia. And they said, hey, we have this new law going into effect this year where every company in Australia has to publicly declare all their gender stats. So they had to publicly announce how many women they had in what leadership positions, what pay they were at. Um, They they just had to be completely transparent about it, which of course left all the companies freaking out (laughs) because they didn't have any women passing maternity leave. You know, they they have the same issues we're having here. Um, And so... We, I modified my model with the help of my colleagues in Australia and created it for a, an Australian market and piloted it within their largest retail employer there. And we had such amazing success with it that um, they rolled it out nationwide. And then we um, brought that learning and the changes from that back into the U.S. about three, four years ago. Can you reveal what so, that retailer it was? I can't. I can just say that it is their largest retail employer. <laughs> okay. When you said, though, that they were having the same issue, now Australia has paid leave, correct? They do. So was the issue like retaining these women after they they were done with their leave? Yes, it was. What's very different in Australia and the U.S. is that they have a much longer leave there and it's paid. Um, men historically don't take that longer leave. It's just women. And what ends up happening is they will go on leave up to a year and then their job is held or or a job 
of equal position. It's not, it does not have to be their same job. And then they can come back to it or not. And, and it's one of the learnings that we've had in working cross-culturally this way is that a year leave is in many ways too long that for a lot of women that starts, and for a lot of families, then they're starting to think about that second child. And so if they're heading back into work, a lot of them just say, well, let's they'll go back to work for three months and then be out again, or they'll go back to work for up to a year and be out again. And it really starts to create this um, gap in the center of their career trajectory that they don't feel like they can recover from. And so the thing that we found most helpful was to have this parental leave coach um, during what we call the three phases of leave. So the preparing for leave, that, that lead up to leave, the during leave time, and then the returning from leave time. So in the U.S., we think about that as roughly nine months, so three months preparing, three months during, three months after. But in Australia, that can be up to two years of time. So it's apples and oranges to some extent. Right. So are, are you coaching the employees? Are you coaching the managers? Or Oh, ha- the oh women Heather, that's such g- a good question. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you for asking. Um, so I know that you just had Kai on a couple weeks ago. And the thing that Kai focuses on is, is paid leave and the importance of paid leave. And we're lucky to spend about 25 to 45% of our time over the past couple of years on advocacy efforts, um, unpaid advocacy efforts. But the the work that we do at CPLL and what makes us unique is we're the only parental leave consultancy in the country right now. That will soon change. But our, our goal is to really make the change within the companies, to affect that cultural shift within companies, because as we all hope and work for, there will be some federal change, and we're seeing lots of state-level changes. But in our free market, what what started to emerge before the paid leave policy started to shift was that companies were stepping up and making those changes. So we first saw in the tech sector, we saw a little bit in law and banking, um, but now it's really starting to bubble up in all different sectors across our across industry so we have a client that we're um, working with right now who's the first within the energy oil and gas industry and another one in the first in the engineering industry so um, some restaurant industry design industry and all of those are first first timers and they're trying to figure out how to do this, how to do it well. Are there any best practices? What can we do? And so what, what we go in is we go in and help them figure that out for their culture specifically and how to shift that culture towards a more progressive parental leave experience. And really how to help harness parental leave as the learning and leadership development and human growth opportunity that I know it is. Did that did that answer the question? Yeah, I think so. So you're going in and you're helping change the culture inside the company concerning women or men who want to take this leave. We are. Um, and I think to, to be even more precise, what we do is we try and create learning and um, leadership. Well, what would I call it? Leadership development, manager training, um, employee trainings that help them figure out 
how to navigate this time in really precise and evidence-based ways that we've learned over the last 10 years, but, but it creates a common language for that employee and that manager. So for example, one of the things that we have them do is create an action plan. So an action plan has, it's, it's a leave action plan. And a lot of people, this is entirely a new concept. You're not, I mean, you have to remember we're coming from a time in our country where you don't talk about leave. Like companies are so worried about asking any questions. Managers are worried they're going to say the wrong thing, that they might get sued, that there's a gender discrimination component to this, um, that they're just not saying anything at all. And so what we try to do is help them to make the process very overt and clear and replicable so that it just becomes part of the norm. So everybody, when you announce to HR that you will be going out on leave, you get a packet that says, here's your action plan, here's your webinar to watch, here's your reflection workbook, here's your checklist, and the manager is getting their video training and their um, their resources, and that those resources are aligned in a way that allow that culture to move forward. So you, you're, you're working with both then? You're working with both management and with employees? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we're hired by the companies, usually at the HR uh, or leadership development level, and then we work with both managers and employees and, and the team, the larger team, to make sure that this time goes smoothly. Is the goal to work with these companies and eventually get them to a point where not that they don't need CPLL, but where they, they are in such a good place with this that they're able to move forward, that they have a system in place that you've helped them develop Absolutely. for all of their employees who pursue yeah. leave my, in the future. My greatest goal would be that they never need us. <laughs> you know, that that's, that they're really, okay. um, this is so deeply embedded in their culture and what that they're doing sense. that they, they just are moving it forward and innovating it on their own. Yeah. Absolutely. And what's so fun about this time in the U.S. right now is we're really getting calls from companies at every single different level. So we get to be learning and doing on all those different levels. So somebody who might call and say, hey, I'm I'm thinking of having um, a child next year, but there's no paid leave policy at my company. I just realized this. I won't be able to to handle that, can you talk to me about how to get a paid leave policy put in place? So there's a lot of that grassroots bubbling up that we see. Um, and then there's companies, you know, some of our larger companies have, for example, um, a, a large tech company in the Northwest. They do, they had an excellent policy, but compared to everyone else in the U.S., which, by the way, you know, 15% of people have access to paid leave even one day. Um, but they decided to ramp it up to 20 weeks and to include men. So that is a massive shift in their company where before men were not taking leave because the message might have been you have two weeks, but the the norm within the company was you don't take that two weeks. Um, and so a lot of men were we're really suspicious. You know, am I going to get fired if I actually do this? Is the company telling me one thing, but my manager is going to do something else? 
And so we do a lot of communication support and expectation setting through that communication. We become the voice for that company. So um, a webinar not only becomes a training for that company, but it becomes the language and the permission that the company is giving to their employees and encouraging them to take the leave, to um, to really check out, to showing them how to make a plan, you know, all of those different pieces. Yeah, we actually cover, we actually talked about this quite a bit um, with Kai. There is a, a culture among men, even when they have the opportunity to take the lead, that they won't do it because it could hurt uh, their their prospects for advancing in the company or even, you know, just just their reputation. Absolutely. It's really, really entrenched. Um, it's So I, I said earlier that we had started as just focusing on maternity because it's what I knew and, you know, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a female, I'm a mom, um, but quickly found that it was the men taking it that was really going to to shift the culture and create the space for the women to come back fully. Um, and 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 that about the same time, we just we finally started getting research on men and their experience of not taking leave and the effects of on them. Um, I don't know if you've had any podcasts about perinatal mental health, but you know, one in seven new moms experience some form of postpartum or, or perinatal is the term used to describe the whole time, you know, before, during, and after some kind of mental health issue, but one in 10 dads do as well. And that's something that hasn't been discussed or, Mm -hmm. you know, we haven't really known until the last couple of years. Um, So there's that element of it as well. But usually when we go into a company, a dad thinks they can't take the leave. And so it's really about the manager training and the managers getting real clear and firm on, nope, you're taking this leave and I'm going to support you too. And I'm going to be happy for you too. And we're going to have you come back in an even better place because you were able to be present and available and there for your family as it's being created in this new form. I actually experienced severe postpartum depression and ended up in the hospital about six months after my daughter was born. Oh, so sorry. Well, no, we discussed, you know, my my ex did not have any, he, he had to take a few vacation days right after she was born. He literally, he went back to work three days after she was born. Oh. And, and I, I mean, not just for his mental health, but like having encouraging men to um, be there for their families, for the emotional support of the woman as well. Yeah. is so important. I mean, and I, I asked this question, like, would my postpartum have been nearly as bad if he could have been there for two, three, four weeks? I'm, I'd, I'll never know. Um, I hope this isn't too sensitive for me to say, but <laughs> I imagine you know the answer to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, that's really heartbreaking, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I have goosebumps over here just knowing how common that experience is and how unique and personal at the same time, um, and it uh, it it makes me crazy. I I, I <laughs> I'm censoring myself over here, but um, <laughs> don't censor um, yourself. No censoring. <laughs> yeah, you uh, one of the things that I I really believe, and I don't yet have the research to prove, um, but I believe it and I have seen it over time, is that the roots of 
um, many relationship failures and marriages and fathers' relationships with their children and relationships with their wives, the seeds of that falling apart happen because they are not there and they are not able to be there in those early days of leave. Um, When that mom is at home trying to figure out how to care for a new human being and with every fiber of her being, and there's no support for her. It's a tragedy in our country, and it makes me crazy. Thank you for saying that. (laughs) Um, And and it's why I do the work I do. But um, yeah, I had my own experience of that. So then when you work with these companies, it's not so much that they have leave and the men you work with them to not convey the message that the men can take leave, but that they should take leave. Absolutely. That the company wants them to take the leave. Absolutely. Um, that it is vital that they take the leave. And mm-hmm. these, I mean, the reality is if they don't six months down the road, their wife, as Heather just explained, or their spouse or their partner is in the hospital and then they're taking leave. He had to take, yeah, he had to take, he had to take FMLA um, to, t- to take care of my daughter for the four days that I was in the hospital. Yeah. Oh, that's what he it's had to maddening. Do. It's, I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. And it's, yeah, it's horribly common. So yes, we are not only, we're encouraging all of that. Um, the goal of CPLL is to fundamentally improve the way our companies and our country interact and engage around leave. And that, that started as our goal. And what it meant, has meant over the last four years has been very different as we felt the sea change in the U.S. I mean, I literally cried while watching the debates and hearing all of the candidates talk about parental leave. That was something I had banged my head against a wall for seven years trying to get people to talk about parental leave. And so to have that, have this become a national conversation has been the greatest joy of of my life so far. Um, It'll be even greater when it, that change happens fully, (laughs) but to see it starting um, is, is really powerful. I mean, as you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, when people from other countries hear about this and from people within our country, um, it's it's with complete disbelief. I mean, we are literally the only country in the entire world <laughs> who doesn't offer paid leave. I mean, people talk about Papua New Guinea not offering leave and Suriname, but the reality is in, in, even in Papua New Guinea, there are segments of their population who have paid leave when they have a child. So we literally are we're it. And it is, it's insane. But what I think is really interesting about CPLL is it sounds like, and that was why I found it so fascinating that you brought up Australia, because they have paid leave, Mm -hmm. but we're still having issues about retention. And what you focus really heavily on is not just you need to offer and encourage paid leave, Mm -hmm. but you need to offer and encourage it and understand how that looks before they leave and when they're gone. And when they get back, because they're a new parent is not the same person that they were before having a kid in any capacity and and especially at a job. Absolutely. I love hearing you say that, John. I used to say that and people would just give me blank stares. What do you mean? What do you mean they're not the same person? (laughs) Um, Yeah. Leave is just sort of this black hole and you come back and you're the same person. Um, But you're not. It's a complete identity shift. And 
what I, you know, the, the company is built on my experience, but it's not, you know, my experience isn't the only <laughs> experience influencing it. But what I found happened, I was this highly ambitious um, career woman. You know, I built up an executive coaching company. I went to Columbia University for my doctorate in organizational psychology. I was consulting. I was, you know, all, all these things. All that, um, And then all of a sudden, I had this new child. And I really thought that I was going to be great at it and I was going to be fine. And what ended up happening was I wasn't. And I hadn't planned for that at all. Um, I hadn't even considered it as a possibility. And so a lot of what... I, in those early days, I started doing was trying to come at it from an organizational psych perspective, like how no company wants their employee to, to not come back, right? Um, that, that company in Australia that I mentioned, they in their industry, they have a 44% attrition rate, so in retail, um, of and particularly around leave. So someone becomes a parent, they don't come back. Um, and with the coaching, we were able to drop that with our pilot group that went down to 0% attrition. We were able to retain every single one of those moms and, and not just for the short term, but for the long term. we're now on year four there and they are all there or have moved to an, you know, a, a higher position. Um, and what that means for our company is real dollars, you know, like not just, it, you know, there's the money side of it, but there's the talent retention, the, you know, the, the knowledge that's being retained by keeping those people, the relationships that are being contained, that culture within a company, like that's a really big deal. Um, and the reason that those moms in all of the post surveys that we've done, and we've now had a couple of years to follow up with them, they cite over and over is that the reason they stayed is because that coach was there to help them when they doubted themselves and to remind them that they were, that they could do it. Like that's it. And then the second one right behind that is that that coach was there, told them that their company thought they mattered. So that sense of mattering to their company kept them in there. And there's all sorts of stats from that research right. that I just, I love, but <laughs> that's, the, that's the one. I read, that's an incredible shift though. Yeah. I read that you said that be- becoming a parent makes you a better leader as well. Absolutely. And sort of like, you know, seizing upon that. Mm-hmm. I think what a couple of years ago, that was a really, that's really novel, right? Like, what do you mean? How does parenthood be- make me a better leader? Um, but I actually think it, it's more than that. It works both ways. It makes you a better being a, being an, a worker <laughs> you know, in, its, in its simplest terms makes you a better parent and being a better and being a parent makes you a better worker. I mean, you re, there's things that you learn that you can bring across those two domains that help in both. So, I mean, in a really just practical level, time management at work. You know, are you, what are your strategies at work that are really useful? How can you apply them to running your home and all of your little tiny employees? <laughs> you know? um, uh, and that the part though, um, that really is at the heart of that statement for me is I believe that becoming a parent 
opens up your heart in ways people do not understand until it's happened to them. And your your perspective shifts and your your sense of what's important in the world shifts. And mm-hmm. when people are able to bring that back into their work, it makes them more empathetic leaders. It makes them more relatable. It makes them um, more understanding. It, it creates relationships with their employees that they wouldn't have created before. Um, and just fundamentally in a world where we need that kind of leader more and more, um, working parents are those leaders. Right. That was, I think when you said it, that it opens your heart, mm-hmm. that's an interesting way to, to put it. I think that it kind of re, it helps you re-examine, like you said, what's important, what yeah. really genuinely matters. Yeah. And I think, and, and Heather, you probably agree with this. I think it's, there's a similar shift when you transition into single parenthood as well, because mm-hmm. it again shifts that magnification and you're forced to kind of re-examine. Mm-hmm. And that is an important, a really important piece. I hadn't even considered that. Like I, I have friends who are on the fence about having children. <laughs> they, they've all, <laughs> and I've been blunt with, with many, many of these friends and I've said, you know, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. And you've got to really examine your life, the ease of your life and, you know, you, the, the freedom that you have before you make this commitment. And then I, and then I will say, you know, it is, there, there is an understanding of the world that I have that I could not possibly have without being a parent. And mm-hmm. I know that makes, it sounds snobbish to say that, but it's a reality. Like it's a, it's a fact. Yeah. This is, it, it this is one of the very interesting, like, points of the work that we do, because usually, for the most part, not always, but I'd say 65% of the time we are um, working with first time parents, and we begin working with them before they become a parent. So they don't yet have that experience of becoming a parent. And they, it's like, you don't know what you don't know. And Mm -hmm. it's really hard to teach that um, without sounding like you're preaching. Right. Um, right. So, (laughs) but, but there is, I've had to grapple with this myself. Like how am I telling someone who's not a parent that they are less, that they aren't capable? Um, and I'm not, it's absolutely not. But what I'm saying is that for the majority of people that I've worked with, and certainly from my own experience, the process of becoming a parent connects you to you know, for some people, it's the universe. For some people, it's their God. For some people, it's their heart. Connects you to a, something larger than yourself in a way that hasn't happened on that magnitude before you become a parent. And mm-hmm. that really can center someone and align them into their path going forward. Um, and and that I, I see it show up in so many beautiful ways. And and why I think it makes them better leaders is it, it defi- most people, you know, for a lot of people, if they're given the space and the resources and the support to have the experience of transitioning fully, which we don't yet offer in our country, I mean, very few people get that experience. And if they do, it allows them to become better, se- better selves, you know, their better self. 
that they then get to bring back into their work. And it also can completely throw everything up in the air, which is the part I really love about it, because you then then that person, when they do return to work, is returning because they want to, again, if they've been given that space to really have this transition time. Um, and they get to bring all that new energy and that new uh, creativity. I mean, it's just such a, <laughs> no pun intended, a fertile time. You know, it's just such a fertile time. Um, so anyway, I could clearly go on and on about it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There was a moment when my daughter, like during the first week of her of her life, I felt connected to the history of the world. <laughs> like I felt connected to... Um, early, early humans. Like I was like, mm -hmm. I have just experienced something that every, all the early humans and, and like, I just felt connected to all of mankind. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And you are not alone in that. It's such an amazingly powerful thing. Um, and I, I, my wish is that everyone in this country, in this world can experience that in a way that is supported and held. And we just don't live in that world yet. So CPLL is trying to help make it more that world. Well, I think part of the reason is, like you were saying, Heather, when you try to explain that to people who don't have kids, it's, it's impossible to convey that feeling to someone without feeling like you're being snobby about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because they can't, they really can't relate. And it's not that they can't because they're a lesser person. It's just... right. It, it's such an impossible, I mean, the three of us have kids, so all three of us know exactly what we mean. And even then it's kind of hard to put it into words. Yeah. Yeah. But it, 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 it kind of opens your eyes to a bigger picture that you never really knew was there. So you're not necessarily missing anything before you have kids because mm -hmm. you don't know it exists. Mm -hmm. But then once you have them, you get all of these, all of these details. So as you're trying to talk to people who don't have kids about this and why it's important, they don't get it because there's really no way for them to get it until almost until they experience it, or at least until they're open to learning about the experiences of other people. Yes. And it, it makes me wonder when you, you, you know, you mentioned that you work with a lot of first time parents before they have children. Mm -hmm. Do you ever get a sense from some of these parents that maybe, yeah, they, they like the idea of it. The concept sounds really great, but she's probably going a bit over the top because the shift isn't going to be that big. Like, do you ever get that sense that before they have the kids, they're kind of just going along with it because they're doing the motions and then they 
when they have the children, there's this click like, <laughs> oh my God, now I realized, now I get it. Well, <laughs> yes and no. So what we've learned over time is to just keep those early days very practical and very supportive of where that mom or dad is in that moment, you know, before they become a parent, always you're trying to meet them where they are, right? So, and the manager too. Um, But with the parent, if you have, um, if you're in those early days and you start talking about, oh my gosh, what a monumental shift, your whole life is going to change. Like they don't need to hear that. That's just overwhelming and scary and makes them think you're crazy. (laughs) They just, they just need to hear, okay, this is tricky. This is exciting. This is complex. Here's some some touch points that you can focus on over these very definable three phases of leave. And you're going to navigate through this just fine. And here are some tried and true tips. You know, we got it. We're holding your hand. You've got this. Um, But it's, you know, then they have that child and it's, we get the call the week after and they're like, Oh my God, (laughs) you know, they can't, you know, they're like, I, I, I now, I just didn't know. Oh my gosh. And it's like every single new parent is a convert, which I love because it means that every client we have then becomes our, you know, more advocates for the cause. Right. (laughs) Um, Right. Yeah. And it's interesting when you were just talking about that experience of not knowing you know, beforehand and what it's like. Um, the image that came to my mind, and I've never put these two together before, was my son, who is, he's 11 now, um, and he's colorblind. And his whole life, we, you know, he hasn't, he can see, he's red-green colorblind severely. And my my daughter, who's three years younger than him, is always like, I can't believe you can't see that. You know, you went, that's beautiful, that beautiful rainbow. And he's like, why do people love rainbows? It just looks like some gray lines. So it's, ve- but then one day they, um, someone at his school did a presentation on this new um, technology that is sunglasses, basically, for people who are colorblind that allow you to see a larger spectrum of color. And we went and we learned about it and he put on the sunglasses and he burst into tears and took, Uh took them off immediately. And, and I burst into tears, (laughs) you know, it was just this. And, you know, even right now I'm like, ah, trying to fight back the tears, but he, it was too much to take in. It was such a big, enormous thing. And he, Everyone was so excited. Oh, my gosh, look, you're going to see color. Oh, my gosh, this is so exciting. What do you think? What do you think? And it was just, it was just too much. Um, And that is the experience that so many of these new parents have. It's just so much. It just comes and it whacks them over the head. It opens up their eyes in a new way. And if no one is there to help you navigate through that and you're trying to do it alone, you decide that you're crazy or you're unfit, or you don't have the capacity, because no one's there to say, this is normal. This is just an entirely new world you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you assume you're doing it wrong, because yep. it's so incredibly overwhelming. Exactly. And then you don't go back to work, or you, you know, all the things. You mentioned earlier that becoming an, an, a new parent can sometimes give you your your life source, your, mm-hmm. your, the meaning that you've been searching for. And I mean, when I have my daughter, I 
thought that I was going to stop blogging when, in fact, having my daughter tripled my traffic and <laughs> I realized that all, all I wanted all I wanted to do was to write about the experience. It really gave me a direction in life. Oh, I love it. I, you keep giving me chills. This is a, yes. <laughs> That's so powerful. Isn't that powerful? Well, and, and, and so then, you know, my mm-hmm. website became my website became the sole source of income for my family. Oh, wow. And it was it was the birth of my it was the birth of my my little frog baby is what I call it. Wow. Oh, Heather, that's so cool. That is so cool. Which also meant you didn't have to worry about the FMLA for Mm -hmm. Marlo for your second because of all of that, which is great. Well, and that is what our country is doing is it's forcing talented, amazing people out of the workforce because nobody is going to live that way anymore. With the, the entire millennial generation the the fabulous thing that's happening is you have the dad saying i'm not going to not be there in those early days you know for gen x that wasn't Mm -hmm. that wasn't as big an option so there is that demographic shift that is working in our favor do you think because you mentioned gen x and it not being an option i'm wondering and this is just totally a random thought but do you think that some of the older generations are sort of reflecting back and looking back and regretting missing out on that. And that's contributing in some ways to the shift that we're seeing in the millennials and the younger generations. I do. Yeah, I absolutely do. We see two, two different things. We either see that because a lot of the manager level is, you know, that Gen X and up that older guard now, which, you know, that's my generation. (laughs) I can't believe, um, but they are, you're seeing two things. Either they are saying, oh my gosh, I so wish I'd been there. I can't believe I wasn't. You, you, my employee who's about to become an parent, I want to make sure that your life is facilitated in a way that you get to be there for your family in ways that I wasn't. Or we get the other side of it, which is I did it. Why you're going to have to, too. You know, um, and that's why the manager training key. That company just needs every company. If you have, this is the process. This is what we do. This is how we do it. And this is why. Um, then you, you start to shift that. So you don't get the, the not good side. Right. <laughs> how many companies, like, are you working with a large number of companies? Is it, mm-hmm. is it more intimate? Is it more, is it broader? No, we try and keep it small right now, but it's been, tricky. I mean, this has been such an explosive topic. Thank goodness. All the seeds that, you know, we've been planting and that other amazing organizations have been planting. There's a lot of people who are working in the advocacy world, um, in, in different parts, uh, that, you know, all this has been, this conversation has been trying to be shifted for a while and it's starting to happen. So we get, we get probably, Emails or calls a couple times a week from different companies, but we right now we're only actively working with maybe a handful of those, less than ten. Um, and then what, after that initial um, like focus time, then there's usually some more sustainable like check-ins or you know the the bulk of the work lessons 
and then we have more attention to focus with a new client. Gotcha. And then the other thing we're always doing is working with our colleagues in Australia. So what one of the we just spent the last year um, trying where where this started as a theory and the creation of an executive coaching model focused on parental leave um, and training around that. Then um, we piloted that in Australia, but then we brought it back here to the U.S. for a massive tech company where they we wanted to scale that. So how then do you take coaching, which is such a personal one-on-one experience, where we knew that that one-on-one contact was so critical and that that manager-employee alignment was so critical, and how do you scale that? So I spent about a year trying to take the one-on-one coaching and turn that into uh, training and education uh, modules and videos and different things for that company. Um, and the learning from that was, well, then how do you scale it even more? Like how ultimately what I'd like to see is that we have an open source platform in the United States where people have access to all of the, the resources and tools they need to make this time, all three phases of this time work for them. And that includes perinatal mental health screenings. It includes action planning, leave tools. It includes insurance Pieces. I mean, there's a whole host of things that actually, you know, obviously go into this time. But for the last year, we've then taken that training and education and scaled it into a tech platform. And so we're piloting that in Australia right now. Um, and that's exciting because we're getting to hit so many more people with that, with the info and the support they need. Um, and then well, that'll be the next thing we bring over. So sort of fun to have this testing ground <laughs> get to do it over there well they're so far ahead in terms of the paid leave exactly well i just will say that one of the things that we have found is they have paid leave but they are not progressive so it has actually been a massive learning for our colleagues in australia around to see what the U.S. companies are doing and what the best practice actually is when you have room. So they have paid leave, which means the companies are just meeting that mark. Like they're not going above and beyond. They're not innovating. They're, I mean, they're starting to now as they see that retention is continuing to be an issue. But um, I, it's, it's a really fascinating capitalism versus, you know, you, the in the U.S., because these companies are competing with each other in this sort of this arms race for paid leave, you know, I've got 20 weeks for my moms and dads. Well, I'm giving a year, you know, the, that kind of thing. What we're talking about when we talk about paid leave is is six weeks, usually. Um, so some of these companies are really setting the bar in a way that um, that's beyond paid leave. You know, paid leave is great. It's fantastic. I want it, absolutely. But policies are only policies written on paper. They aren't actual practice. They're not the culture. They're, they're it doesn't, it's, am I making sense? You, uh, you yes. are. I mean, I think it's, yeah. I think, in my, I, I include myself in this, but you, you look at it and say, well, if we can just get to paid leave, that would be great. Mm-hmm. But for you, that's, I mean, it sounds like that's just the first rung of the ladder. Exactly. For me, 
and this is actually one of my my blessings and you know my gifts and my curses like I'm already beyond paid leave <laughs> paid leave is going to happen in the US like there's no doubt about it 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 will happen state by state level or the, or it's going to happen at the federal level like there's no question it's just a matter of when but then what do we do like w- seriously if every company all of a sudden has to have paid leave nobody knows what they're doing this is actually an organizational issue that isn't being looked at yet. So that's where I live. It sounds like what you were saying is that you're not even really focused on the paid aspect because that to you at this point is inevitable, just a matter of when, but it's once that's in place, then what do we do beyond just saying, okay, here's your check done. Yeah. Yes. Um, We still spend a lot of time working towards paid leave because it needs to, it, you know, that needs to happen. Um, We were cut at Kai, who, you know, Zero Weeks film of Kai, we, we were lucky enough to be field producers on that film, and a lot of our clients were interviewed for it. Um, and so we were involved in that early on, and we, we get to be part of a lot of advocacy coalitions and working at state and federal level on bills. Um, so that, I don't want to disregard that as a, as a critical piece, but now that there are so many more people focused on it, you know, five, five, six years ago, I, it was, it was a handful of people and, you know, it, we all felt like we were sort of screaming into the abyss, but now there's a massive amount of people working on it. And I don't, I, I'm not needed there anymore. You know, it's just, they got that and it's going to happen. So it's fantastic. We'll still be involved, but it's right. You know, how can we add to that now? Yeah. You're just preparing for the next phase. Yeah, Exactly. That's awesome. It's good to talk about this because it's stuff that I think has been in the back of my mind that I've just never really, never really processed. Mm-hmm. Because, and I think part of it is because I'm so focused, especially after talking to Kai, so focused on the fact that we don't have paid leave. Mm-hmm. But to to hear to hear how much still needs to happen just to encourage that and to support that and to support the parents and the companies. It's interesting. It's a really interesting area that you're focused on. Yeah. I'm slightly obsessed with it. <laughs> My children. Well, you're very passionate and it yeah. comes through. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I am. Um, my poor kids, though, you know, <laughs> at the end. We say that all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know you were saying that it makes that having kids makes parents better leaders. And I sometimes I feel more like a tyrant than a leader, to be honest with you. But I'm going (laughs) to I'm going to I'm going to believe you on that in the in the bigger picture, I think. Yeah, do do. I mean, there is I'm not talking about tyrant leaders. There are tyrant leaders. I'm talking more (laughs) of when you get to shift into that calmer space of servant leadership or, you know, like that. That's that's something that you've you learn definitely something more than you. So Amy, for our listeners out there um, who maybe they think their company could benefit from this, maybe they run a company that could benefit from, from working with you. How can they find out more about CPLL and what you do? They can email me. That's, I mean, our website honestly is outdated. <laughs> um, I, we built that up when we started and I haven't touched it since that's on the list of things to do. Um, they, but you can find generally about what we do there. And then that is www.cplleadership.com or 
feel free to email me directly at amy at cplleadership.com. And of course, follow on Twitter, go follow on, you know, do all the follows, Facebook, Twitter. Um, and what, what, what is the other one? I, oh, sign up for our newsletter. That's on our website. You can get things through our newsletter. And we'll definitely link link out to all of the social and your website so that, that all of our listeners can access that information. If nothing else, it will be incentive for you to update the website. It will be. <laughs> See, it all worked out. Uh, it's so nice to talk to both of you. Thank you so much for giving. So nice to talk to you. Thank you so much. Oh, I really, it's so, it's really a pleasure to have a pulled out hour of the day where I'm in, you know, usually in the nitty gritty to get to talk big picture. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. So that was a great discussion, I think. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully all of you out there listening, this is a good way to further that the conversation and thoughts that came up with our episode with Kai, because clearly this is a, a really big, a really big issue that extends well beyond the actual paid aspect of leave. Yeah, you don't really consider these things until you're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you are a different person when you go back to work after having a baby. Well, yes. Well, and I think, at least me, I've just always assumed that the pay is the support you need to come back. But <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, and I know that it's not, but it's just because it's such an absent piece here, you think that that's going to really fix things and it will help. Mm-hmm. But you still but, have yeah. that worry about leaving and who's going to, you know, pick up for you when you're gone and when you come back, are people going to look at you differently? But that coaching piece is huge, I think, to let people know that it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. And I have had some construction outside. I, I finally have to just acknowledge that because if there's any jackhammering, just it's, you know, all part of the, all part of the manic. It wasn't my fault today. I turned my heat off and Coco's in her crate. Have you heard a single bark? I have nope. not, but I can hear someone pounding on something metal about 30 feet from my window. <laughs> and it's been going on since about five minutes after we started. So hooray but uh as you know as, as amy mentioned if anyone would like to reach out to her for some really specific questions or if you're interested in you know possibly engaging with cpll definitely do that and as always if you have any thoughts to add or questions for us you can email us at stories at manicramblings.com or you can find us on social media twitter facebook and instagram at manic ramblings and until next time if you haven't had children yet and are on the fence there is one thing to know we are better than you (laughs) no we're not no we're not we're just connected to humanity you know it's just that we're just connected to humanity and you're not that's all there we go (laughs) Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.